Welcome to the Autoimmune Wellness Podcast, a complimentary resource for those on the road to recovery. I'm Mickey Trescott, a nutritional therapy practitioner living well with autoimmune disease in Oregon. I've got both Hashimoto's and celiac disease. And I'm Angie Alt, a certified health coach and nutritional therapy consultant, also living well with autoimmune disease in Maryland. I have endometriosis, lichen sclerosis, and celiac disease. After recovering our health by combining the best of conventional medicine with effective and natural dietary and lifestyle interventions, Mickey and I started blogging at autoimmune-paleo.com, where our collective mission is seeking wellness and building community. This podcast is sponsored by the Autoimmune Wellness Handbook, our co-authored guide to living well with chronic illness. We saw the need for a comprehensive resource that goes beyond nutrition to connect savvy patients just like you to the resources they need to achieve vibrant health. Through the use of self-assessments, checklists, handy guides, and templates, you get to experience the joy of discovery, finding out which areas to prioritize on your healing journey. Pick up a copy wherever books are sold. A quick disclaimer, the content in this podcast is intended as general information only and is not to be substituted for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. On to the podcast. Welcome back to the Autoimmune Wellness Podcast, Episode 10. Whether or not you're aware of the negative consequences that stress takes on your body, managing it is absolutely essential to improving your health, especially for those like us suffering from chronic illness. We love this quote from Hans Selye, who's kind of the master stress researcher. It's not stress that kills us. It's our reaction to it. You may be unaware of the fact that underlying health conditions like autoimmune disease are a silent source of stress for your body, making it even more important that you learn to engage in healthy stress management habits. Today, Angie and I are going to chat about our personal experience with the step in our journeys. How's it going today, Angie? It's good. I'm excited to talk about stress with everybody. This one's a biggie. Yeah, me too. Maybe, Mickey, we can start by giving our audience the nitty gritty and telling them what it looks like for us personally when we're mismanaging stress. For sure. You want to go first? Uh, sure. You're really <laughs> throwing me out there, aren't you? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's terrible when, <laughs> when I'm uh, not managing my stress well. I tend to be, you know, some folks kind of gravitate towards overeating when they're feeling stressed. I tend to go the other direction. I kind of just like lose my appetite and I forget to feed myself. I'll often forget to drink, you know, I'll go like a whole day with having had like a glass of water um, and not really doing what I need to do to sit down and nourish myself. You know, it won't take very long, only maybe a few days into that routine, and I'll kind of stop paying attention to self-care like I should, you know. Um, I start to get really short-fused, real snappy with people I love. (laughs) I usually get into kind of circular thinking where I'm like, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this, you know, And, and I can't get out of the circuit. And then usually sleep starts to suffer shortly after that, uh, have, have a hard time falling asleep or uh, waking up multiple times a night thinking of things that I have to do. Um, 
And it's different than other times. You know, sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll have ideas that I want to follow through on, but it doesn't really interrupt my sleep in the same way. It's kind of good. I did that a few times for this book, for instance, but my sleep will start to get really disrupted in a bad way where I'm thinking about all the things I have to do. Hmm. What about you? What does it look like for you? Yeah, I've got a lot of similar tendencies. I think my sleep is impacted sooner. So on a day-to-day level, if I don't take steps to manage my stress, I will literally not sleep that night. If something happens, I get bad news or, you know, something unexpected, for sure, my sleep is like done. We actually talked last time about uh, the impacts of not sleeping. And so that's kind of a whole negative feedback loop that I can get into really easily. But mostly when I'm not managing my stress, I just notice that I have way worse habits with technology. So I'm way more likely to try and kill all the time that I don't have on my phone or Facebook, social media. I lose the ability to prioritize. So I find myself not working on the thing that's going to relieve the stress and instead uh, zeroing my inbox. Uh, just because those little hits of like doing something, I I have this false sense that that's going to make me feel better. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also just not being in a balanced and healthy place with my relationships, um, lashing out at people, um, getting snarky and it's, it's not good. (laughs) Yeah, I totally hear you. If I let that go very long, something even worse happens. I usually get sick. So mm-hmm. for instance, this past summer, while we were really hard at it with writing our book, I ended up getting mono. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was in part because I wasn't managing my stress around um, you know, all my different professional commitments as, as carefully as I should have. You know, mm-hmm. I was running a fever and meeting with you to write. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how bad it can get so quickly. So I'd like to remind people that, you know, this isn't how we function all the time. We're just, we're just sharing kind of the low points so that you guys can maybe feel like, you know, we've been there too. And we don't present the way that we live our life as perfect and like we got it all figured out even though there are many things that we're super stoked and grateful for which you know most obviously regaining our health through all of this stuff it is something that we constantly have to focus on and you know some things are easier than others but you know for me sleep and stress management are a daily struggle you know and that's okay Yeah, we don't live in a magical snow globe where there's no stress, right? (laughs) (laughs) I want to go to there. Yeah. (laughs) So maybe we could also talk a little bit, Mickey, about some of the unexpected sources of stress in our lives, things that kind of sneak up on us that need to be carefully managed. Yeah. So, you know, just starting out, having an autoimmune disease is a stressor, and it's one that not a lot of people really think about, but, you know, when I think about just my husband and I, because he's the person that I'm closest to, I see him day in and day out. I see his resilience to stress is completely different than mine. And I think it's just because of that foundational level. Uh, I have two autoimmune diseases and he doesn't. 
that was a big piece for me, just realizing that having an autoimmune disease is a source of stress. Even when you're managing all of these things, there are things that you can't really change. And, you know, while we can do the best we can to live as best we can with autoimmune disease, we can't really change the fact that we have one or that we don't. Right. It's like extra important for us to try to manage our stress well, being that one of the sources of stress can't really be undone. Yeah. And that's actually an important point that there are some some things that you can change and things that you can manage and things that you can't, you know, and, and some things that are in the middle, maybe you can change them, but it's difficult. So, you know, I chose to move home to my mom's farm about a year ago. And I don't live in the house with my mom, which is great, even though I love my mom to pieces. Um, (laughs) Living as an adult on the same property (laughs) as your parents, I mean, that can be hard. And that is a big source of stress for me because, you know, my mom is is a busy lady. Uh, She has over 200 animals and she has a lot on her plate. And since I love her, I worry about her and I take on a lot of her stress. And so like, I don't have kids, but I'm sure Angie, it's a similar thing having a teenager and having someone in your life that like, that's your kid. You got to take care of them. You got to take on that stress. And you can't just say like, all right, I'm out. Like I'm done. (laughs) Right. So yeah, in my life, I would say, yeah, being a parent is, um, it's obviously a gift that I'm really happy for, but it's also, you know, in a lot of ways, a source of stress. And at this particular moment in parenting, you know, we're learning to kind of walk through the process of separating and allowing her to grow up and have independence. So that can be a source of stress. Another big source of stress for me is just balancing all the different things I'm doing, I'm figuring out how to prioritize with all the different kinds of tasks I do. You know, I'm a individual coach. I also coach group programs. I write, obviously, you know, um, all the different kind of things that we do together. It's figuring out how to make um, all those pieces of the puzzle work well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can definitely identify with that, too. There are actually a lot of sources of stress that can come up unexpectedly. Like, you know, for me, owning my own business has been incredibly rewarding, but also very stressful. Yes. Uh, Not having any experience or background running a business. Uh, My degree is in music. And it did not prepare me <laughs> at all <laughs> for for what I have to do now. And I constantly feel like I'm doing something wrong or that I'm behind the curve, you know. And, and I know that a lot of business owners feel this way because both my parents own their own businesses and they're like, yeah, dude, just get used to it. Like you never really feel like you're on top of this stuff. But things like that, that can even be like a blessing, like a new baby, uh, you know, those are incredible sources of stress. Right. Manage even the the good, the good stresses that are coming mm-hmm. into your life. Because mm-hmm. yeah. we're always going to have a trickle of the stuff we choose, the stuff that's good, the stuff that's unexpected, the stuff that's bad, the stuff we can't change. Um, there's a lot. I think it's probably about managing that trickle before it's a flood. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Totally. So we're, we're starting to touch on this topic of managing it, right? So mm-hmm. what do you do, Mickey, to manage your stress? What does your routine look like? Yeah, so I actually am a really big believer in prioritizing and choice. 
for a long time, I believed that I could do everything. And back when I started blogging, actually, I'll back up. Back when I recovered and I started going back to work and I had a lot of intention thinking about what I wanted to do, I was a little overly enthusiastic about what I could accomplish. And I chose on on top of a full-time job to go back to school to become a nutritional therapist um, in conjunction with writing my first book. So that was an incredibly busy season, a very unhealthy season for me. And I did it because I was so overcome with the, all these good feelings of health and really wanting to share that with the world and wanting to learn as much as I could. And I'd been sick for so long that I'd kind of saved up all of this like juice that I was just like super on fire. But then when I got burnt out, I realized I needed to have better boundaries about choosing what I wanted to do and timing because I couldn't do it all when I wanted to do it. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm a real idea person. I love coming up with ideas. I love brainstorming. Um, I could plan myself, you know, until 2050 if I really wanted to with, uh, and, and, and Angie knows that's true. Like I could seriously, she's kind of a nutcase. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I have, a, I have a lot of ideas and, and that's fine, but I've realized that I can have fun with the ideas, but I don't have to commit to anything until it really feels like something that's going to integrate into my lifestyle the way that I want it to. So that's kind of an abstract way of answering that question. Mm-hmm. But the biggest stressors for me is kind of like, what am I doing every day when I wake up and like, am I on fire to do it? So you know, the decision to write this book with you, Angie, was was big for me because I was kind of cooking on some other stuff that I was really excited about and I had to realize that I couldn't do it all. Right, right. And, and you know, to boil that down into specifics, something that really relieves stress for me is process, like work process and calendaring. Um, I don't do to-do lists. They were like a really extreme source of stress for me just because I would want to always be finishing the to-do list, but I'm such an idea person that I would fill it so fast that I feel, felt like I was always treading water and that I could never determine if I had enough time to do something or not. So I started just calendaring everything. And so when someone would ask me to do something, I would put on the calendar. If I didn't have room on the calendar, I'd say, I can't do that. And I can't even tell you how that changed my life. Like, just realizing that I could have control over the things that I choose to do and the things I choose not to do um, just because they fit or they don't fit. I mean, there's room or there isn't. And before when I had a to-do list, I knew there wasn't room for all the things I was trying to do, but I had this false sense that I could actually do them. So yeah, that's, that's really for me what I do, especially for work to kind of manage the stress outside of like the stuff that I do when I'm not working, which is moving, sleeping, eating right, you know, um, making time for self-care. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say, you know, I have to be honest with you guys, you know, this, this area is still, um, a pretty big struggle for me. I have moments where it's really dialed in and I'm doing great. And then I have moments where it's really not going as smoothly. You know, I've had some periods in the last year where I was uh, going to school at the same time as working on this book project and coaching at the same time. And, and it can get really overwhelming. The main thing I try to do is work on prioritization, even though that can be hard in in the most stressful moments. I try to use those habits 
I do rely a lot on a really specific uh, workday schedule that I try to lay out week by week. And then it's about connecting with my family. That's usually the thing that really helps me balance um, the busyness of my professional life and help me kind of manage stress better. Slowing down in the evening and watching our favorite shows together and laughing and taking time off on the weekends to to get away from the work routine and and do uh, fun things together. You know, for instance, this weekend we're heading up to Pennsylvania. going to go to the Amish country and spend some time up there. You know, it's just taking time to kind of chill out, slow down, reflect on the good, the good things that are happening in your life, give thought energy to those good things, Um, practicing gratitude, you know, that kind of brings me to that one. Um, I'm really big on gratitude. I try to um, do some prayers and meditation of thanks almost every day. Sometimes I start and end my day with that. I also try to shout people out a lot and um, publicly tell people how much I appreciate them or see the great things that they're doing. I just feel like taking time to recognize things like that helps me balance any negative sources of stress in my life. Hmm. I really like all of that, Angie. Really cool. Yeah. I mean, you know how it can be when you're in a really stressful period, you can get very focused on all the bad sources Mm -hmm. of of stress Mm -hmm. that are coming into your life. And it feels very imbalanced, kind of like um, like when we watch the news, right? Like the Mm -hmm. news is just filled with terrible things that are happening all over the world. And it can be really overwhelming. But if we take time to look for the positive stuff, you actually see that there's a lot of great things going on in your life and it can really be balancing. I think the practice of gratitude Mm. is huge in managing stress. Mm. So Angie, I really like that you try to make a disconnect from work and, and try to do things with your family. How has that been as a business owner to be able to give yourself the space to disconnect and kind of unplug from that part of your life? How do you see those benefits and like, how have you done that? So it's hard, obviously, first of all, right? Like we have to be honest, it's hard. It's really hard, especially when you're the the captain of the ship, right? You feel mm-hmm. like if I don't do this, it's not going to get done. And that can be really overwhelming. So sometimes I'm better than I am at other times, uh, you know, really making that cut and, and giving myself time. But when I do it, when I have those boundaries and I'm in a good rhythm with that, I actually see a lot of benefit to myself professionally because when I come back to the work, I'm fresher. Mm -hmm. I'm more able to execute the ideas I have. I think clearer about the tasks ahead of me. You know, I'm able to be more zeroed in on the goals that I have rather than kind of just like running around like a chicken with your head cut off, Mm -hmm. like you know, looking at your desk with like a million papers and being like, oh, what do I do? You know, Um, I just see myself being a lot more successful in the things I'm trying to do professionally when Mm -hmm. I take those breaks, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I almost feel like, uh, you know, because I try to do something similar, just like not working on the weekends. And uh, I'll be honest, some weekends I work, but more often than not, uh, I just have that space where there's like zero work, zero email checking, not even opening the door to my office which is really great because when I come back to work after however long that's been, I'm like looking forward to getting in my office. I'm like, oh, I have the thing that I'm working on. Cause I mean, we enjoy what we do, 
but uh, when you're doing it every second of every day, it's not fun anymore, <laughs> you know? Right. I mean, I think that it's specifically hard for folks like us who are doing something that we're so passionate about, right? Like I get out of bed in the morning, like on fire to do mm-hmm, what I do. Mm-hmm. I love it. So it's hard sometimes to set the boundary. But if you go too much into it, you're right. You know, if you're doing mm-hmm. it 24, mm-hmm. 7, 365, you're going to eventually resent it. And I don't want to have that relationship mm-hmm. to the thing I'm so passionate about. You know, something I realized recently was something that I felt like I was missing was the feeling of Friday because I used to have a Monday through Friday job. I love that the feeling of Friday. Do you know what I mean? Like (laughs) I would like get off work and I would like roll the windows down because I lived in California and I would turn up the music and I'd be like, it's Friday. Like I can do anything. And I just would feel such a like wave of like relief and relaxation and I don't get that anymore. So I was just like, just saying, where's the Fridays? Like, yeah, you yeah, got to well, figure out how to like, to get that feeling back. And, and I think that, you know, we can do that by having a weekend that's just for us and just fun and about connecting with family and about managing stress that you're super excited about. And then you're super excited to get back to your job on Monday. But yeah, I, m- I miss that Friday feeling. I haven't quite got it back. Yeah, you know, that's funny that you say it because I I know exactly what you mean by the Friday feeling. I'm sure all of our listeners relate to that too. And, you know, recently my husband and I started trying to go out and meet for a drink on Fridays as a way to kind of say like our work week is over. Now it's about Mm -hmm. our family for the weekend. It's about connecting with each Mm -hmm. other. You know, during the work week, it can get kind of hectic and you kind of don't get time to stop and talk to each other. And even folks who are in the elimination phase of the autoimmune protocol working to regain their health, you could still do this. You know, you can meet and have, you know, some sparkling water and and spend some time connecting with your partner or a friend. It's been a great way to get the Friday feeling back. <laughs> mm, I'm going to try that, Angie. I love it. Yeah. In our book, we talk about some really specific steps that people can take in trying to deal with some of these really hard stressors. Maybe you can talk about some of those steps that really work for you. Yeah, so I touched a little bit on this before, but the two that really help me are, you know, identifying sources of stress and then prioritizing or eliminating them. So like I said, with my calendar was a whole revelation that I've only got so much time. And unless I want to be working 24-7, I need to be able to filter all of the things that come across my table, whether that's work stuff or personal stuff or whatever, I need to be able to filter that and say yes or no, and then also feel confident and not let down in those decisions, which, you know, sometimes it is frustrating when you want to do something and you can't, but that's been really powerful for me because I love tons of things. You know, I love working. I, I do a lot of things in my work, but then in my personal life, I have all the, all the hobbies. I like them all. I like <laughs> riding horses. I, I live on a farm. I mean, I could seriously be playing with goats or, you know, doing work or whatever. And I, I really have to choose and I have to realize that that is like my choice to do something and not do another thing. And that feeling like I need to do all the things is what really causes me to go into a negative place with stress and start spinning my wheels so that I can, oh, if I just do this stuff faster so that I can do that stuff. And, you know, I I can't say yes to too many things. I mean, I see you do this too, Mick. You're right. You're really good at it. You're good at at taking the identify and the eliminate stuff. I see you use that really effectively. Sweet. Sorry if I ever have to tell you no but or anyone else 
My I'm feelings sorry. are hurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, of these steps, the one that really is the biggie for me um, and has made the probably the biggest impact in my ability to manage stress is reframe, the reframe step. So this is the idea that you find new ways to look at some of the sources of your stress and find kind of more resilient ways to talk about it internally to yourself um, and express how you you're, you know, reacting to it. So like, for instance, a big breakthrough for me in dealing with the stress of having autoimmune disease was getting to a point where I could see how my life had been positively impacted by my diseases. That's not to say that, you know, me and my diseases are best friends or anything. <laughs> but hmm. when I got to the point that I could see that despite the stress and despite the negative consequences that I've had in my life from celiac disease and endometriosis and lichen sclerosis, there was also some really positive things. And it had expanded and changed my life um, in some really good ways. And I do that now with all kinds of different sources of stress. Hmm. Reframe kind of feeds into that gratitude piece that I talked about just a few minutes ago. They kind of go hand in hand and it really, really changed things for me. It takes the, the negative power out of a lot of stress. Hmm. And I can imagine that's especially powerful for the things that you can't change. Yes. Yeah. Because hmm. I mean, a lot of us experience stress, maybe a family member is sick, or maybe a family member needs your help that was unexpected, or there are so many situations where you can't say no, but um, you have to learn how to better effectively manage that stress. And, and sometimes just reorganizing our thoughts on it is really powerful. Mm hmm. So Angie, you know, this is of particular importance for you because you're a mom. But in our culture, you know, self-care can be seen as selfish. And we make the argument in our book that self-care is necessary to health and that this is something that everyone um, should have at the forefront of their minds. But, you know, how do you make peace with this, you know, not feeling selfish about self-care and taking care of yourself? Yeah, this is an area that we all struggle with, but especially I think um, it really can hit moms especially hard how to how to deal with that feeling that you're being selfish if you're putting your own needs first and kind of taking time to slow down and and care for yourself. Um, I first started to kind of wrap my mind around this a few years ago when I uh, learned about the concept of your oxygen mask, and I was presented with this idea that we should treat stressful situations in life as plane crashes, the plane crash scenario. Mm -hmm. And that basically if your plane is going down, you need to put on your oxygen mask before you help the people around you. It made so much sense to me because if I if I can't breathe, my ability to help another person is going to come to an end quite quickly. And then I'm not going to help myself or them. Hmm. And it just really clicked with me and it made great sense. And now I use that analogy with almost all of my clients, you know, when we're, when they're in a bad spot and really struggling and I'm trying to encourage them to slow down and, and take the steps to care for themselves. I'll say, you know, this is the plane crash scenario mm -hmm. and, you know, you're not any use to your kids or your partner or your parents or, you know, whoever it may be that is relying on you for help if you don't first do what you need to, to take care of yourself. Hmm. And it really matters. It's hard to put into practice sometimes, you know, if you've got a 15-year-old that's saying, mom, but I need you too, you know. It, it's hard to put into practice sometimes. But when I do it, 
I'm a way better mom. Hmm. Yeah, that's really beautifully said, Angie, with that analogy. And I think a lot of people will uh, understand that a lot more now that you explained it like that. Really cool. Yeah. So let's just take a minute. And uh, a lot of people wonder, you know, what are the things that I should do to manage my stress? Because there are literally tons of things that people can do. And it's not right or wrong to do one thing or the other. Um, But maybe we can give people some ideas of habits that they can cultivate and maybe think about trying when putting together their own personal stress management routine. Yeah. So, you know, you can kind of think about these things as being stuff that you do kind of short term, things that you do more in the medium term, and then maybe things that you plan for in the more long term. Some of the shorter term things are like the day to day things, things like practicing gratitude or practicing mindfulness, maybe meditating. And then you kind of go into some of the more, you know, middle term and longer term things that take a little more planning to implement. For instance, like once a year, you're going to take a vacation or maybe you're going to plan for a sabbatical from your job, something more kind of bigger that is going to have a a really big impact, but takes time to plan for. What kind Mm -hmm. of stuff would you recommend for folks, Mickey? Yeah. You know, as far as daily habits, uh, I think being creative is something that's a big part of my stress management routine. I know it's not for everyone, but I like to be creative in some way every day. So it could be coloring, it could be playing music, it could be listening to music, um, it could be doing some creative writing, exercise is huge and it doesn't have to be, you know, crazy workout, but just getting outside, doing a little walking, doing some stretching. It can be structured like going to a class. Uh, It could be not structured, which is kind of what I do um, at home for about 20 minutes in the morning, just some stretching, some yoga. Something I've been trying recently is just unstructured time, having an hour or two where I don't have any idea about what I'm going to do and I'll pick when I get there. Mm -hmm. It's really hard for me. (laughs) (laughs) And just like having that space, usually it's in the evening for me, having that space to know when I get there, oh, I have this time that I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'll decide when I get there. I mean, that's really, it makes me feel like I have this abundance of time. Right. Sometimes I use that similar practice and um, something I love to do when I get there is look at like aggregated recipe sites or look through all my cookbooks and just kind of like dreamily look at different food and different recipes and not feel like it has to be about coming up with my next recipe for the blog, you know, like yeah. actually just enjoy thinking about new ideas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Being inspired. Right. Uh, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then like moving on to more of the like weekly, monthly, occasional habits. A lot of people get turned off by some of this stuff because it can be more expensive. And it is true that, you know, you can spend a lot of money on self-care, but there are also things you can do for yourself. So if you can afford some acupuncture treatment, some massage, maybe some talk therapy, you know, those things all cost money, but they can be really effective at helping to manage stress. If you don't have the budget to do that, you know, you can take time off. You can go uh, apple picking at an orchard. Um, You know, you can do some work in your community, do some service work, volunteer, um, do some caretaking, have a gathering with your community, with friends, you know, and 
those are things that really the emphasis has to be on filling you up and making you feel, you know, resilient and like you're managing stress and not a source of stress. So that can, for certain people, tip over into, you know, throwing elaborate parties or starting nonprofits or, you know, we're not talking about that, you know? (laughs) Um, Yeah. And, and then the big stuff, you know, every once in a while having a reset with a vacation, some tech detox and, and that kind of stuff is really important. What was your last awesome vacation like, Mick? You know, I haven't been on vacation in two years. Uh oh. I know. It's time. I know, right? <laughs> Which is funny because the perception of people that work for themselves is at least some of my friends think that I just kind of play with animals all day and don't work, which might be true for some entrepreneurs, but not me. But, you know, it is something that I struggle to just say, I'm going to carve out this time to relax and disconnect because the type of work that we do is constant. And when we don't do it, it's like, you know, you don't get anywhere. (laughs) So um, I'm actually planning a vacation. So the end of this thought is that um, I am taking off for a month in a a little bit. So I know I'm very overdue. Awesome. My last big vacation where, you know, it was kind of one of those like middle term to long term plans. My husband and I started planning late last year, probably, well, like late summer for what we were going to do around Christmas time. This was like five months out or so, but we took time then at Christmas and we rented a cabin in the mountains in Virginia and we just went there together with our with our daughter and just unplugged and just spent a few days just kind of chilling. We played board games, we read books, you know, we watched a movie together and, and went for a hike, you know, we just really took it easy and it was really nice to unplug and it made me realize that I need to plan little mini getaways like that a couple times a year Hmm. and use those as my medium to long-term breaks um, to help manage stress. Hmm. Yeah. It's because sometimes when you go for so long, like I'm, I'm looking at going for a month now in New Zealand coming up here pretty soon. And there's just so much involved in the planning and the prep and the house sitting. And it's just, it puts a lot of pressure on it that I know it's going to be really relaxing and fun, but you're right. Something that's close and accessible and actually relaxing because of how close and accessible and easy it is um, more often is probably better in a lot of ways. I mean, I think it's smart for folks to think about how to manage stress in those packets kind of, right? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. for lack of a better way to describe it, like there's mm-hmm. the daily things you have to do to kind of manage the trickle, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's these like medium and short-term things that are or long-term things that take a little more planning, but that you get a lot of bang for your buck from mm-hmm. them, you know? And so maybe every couple of years you do something epic like you're about to do, Mickey, mm-hmm. and maybe once in a while you do things that are a little you know, every few months, take a couple days and spend some time with your peeps. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I think it's great. So Angie, you want to tell everyone about uh, our homework that we have for them? Yeah. So you guys can check out the mindfulness exercise in chapter five of our book to give your brains a little bit of a break, start slowing down and being more in the moment. This is um, an exercise all about how to focus on the little moments in your day and give yourself a little bit of time to breathe. So 
Managing our stress is kind of like doing the laundry or taking out the trash. It's got to be repeated regularly or it's going to pile up and have negative consequences on you and your health. Knowing the true impact of this stress on your whole being, seeing where it comes from, recognizing when it's uncontrolled, and learning to master it day to day takes you from a casual hopeful for better health all the way to an intentional creator of wellness. Angie and I both hope that after this podcast today, you have a renewed sense of what stress management looks like in the real world, real girls that suffer from real autoimmune diseases, and that you're inspired to take some of these tips and use that in conjunction with what we've presented in the book to live a little more stress-free. So take care, everyone, and we'll see you next time. on this episode of the autoimmune wellness podcast we're honored to have you as a listener and we hope that you've gained some useful information you can learn more about the topic we explored today it's covered in detail in our book the autoimmune wellness handbook along with handy self-assessments checklists and other useful resources to put your plan into action pick up a copy today if you enjoyed the podcast please leave us a review in itunes as this helps others find us You can also connect with us through our blog, autoimmune-paleo.com, and with the community by using the hashtag autoimmunewellness.